You're listening to audio from New Horizon Worship Center, located in Waco, Georgia. If you would like additional resources, please visit us online at www.NewHorizonWorshipCenter.org. Happy Mother's Day, all the moms. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and my baby mama, Jesse. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. Without you, none of us would be here. None of us. Today, I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite parents, my mom. I need some music. I was just thinking about as I was studying and thinking about my mom and thanking God for her and the role that she has and does play in my life and and different things about her. And so this message is going to be a little different. Um, I'm just going to talk to you for a few minutes. I'm going to bring up some things that I feel like my mom's taught me over the years and things that I've, I've learned from her, some by watching her and some things that she's said to me. And some of it's going to be kind of funny and we might throw in some yo mama jokes and stuff like that um, because it's Mother's Day and a mother's greatest joy comes from seeing her kids laugh and be happy. So she's sitting right there so she can watch me laugh and be happy. So, so we're just going to have a good time today and just talk for a few minutes. But I want to honor my mom and honor the other mothers in the room. Because I say it jokingly and try to be funny. But really, whether good or bad or whether you agree with everything that your mom's done your whole entire life, you wouldn't be here without her. And the sacrifices that she made and, and that's physical sacrifices and sacrifices to protect you and be there for you. And so thanks to the moms, mom, I honor you and thank you for what you've done in my life and the role that you've played making me who I am and, and just the role that you've played in our family. So today we're talking about moms. Um, and I heard heard this story, I was going to talk a little bit about perspective and just how you look at things. And, you know, I heard I was talking to somebody earlier this week that has no relationship with their mom because of something that she did years and years ago. And they're just, they haven't found forgiveness or found a way to walk through it. And it's honestly just a perspective thing. It's like she saw something one way and they saw it another way and they just could never work it out. And then it's sad. It's a sad thing. Um, I heard about this guy that was grocery shopping and he was in his 20s. And so he just went in the, in the store and he had him a pack of ramen noodles and some Mountain Dews and whatever a 20-something-year-old college kid's buying for his little groceries, some Hot Pockets or something. And he noticed the whole time he was walking through Walmart that this little old lady... She kept popping up on the same aisle as him. And when he would glance over, he'd notice her staring at him. And he was like, man, this is kind of weird. Oh, well, I'm going to go get what I need next. And he'd go in the next aisle. He'd look over and there's that same old little lady. And she's just staring at him. He's like, what in the world? So he goes over and he's, he's going up to the checkout. And he notices her looking at him again right when he's about to come around the corner. And he said, excuse me, is everything okay? Because I can notice you've been staring at me the whole time I've been trying to shop. I don't know, you're, are, I mean, like, are you 
You trying to steal my watch or what's going on? You're making me feel weird. You're kind of creeping me out, lady. And she started to tear up. And she said, I'm sorry, son. I don't mean to bother you, but you just remind me so much of my son. You look just like him. And he passed away. And so the boy's heart kind of broke that he was being so insensitive because he didn't, you know, he just, and why is this woman bothering me? So then he feels really bad. And he was in line and he's like, well, I'm so sorry. She said, it's okay. And he said, is there anything I could do? I don't, I mean, and she said, it would make me feel so good if when I start to leave this store, if you would just yell out, goodbye, mom. And I could just imagine that it was my son because he never got to say goodbye. And I could imagine it was him and I'll just go away and you'll never see me again, but it would give me some, some closure. He said, okay, I can do that. And so she pushed her giant cart of buggies right on in front of him, cut him off and she got in the line and the lady cashier rang up all her groceries and he stood back and he was thinking man I can't believe I I was aggravated with her in her pain and so he waits until she gets done at the register and he waited until she got almost out the out the door and then he yells out real loud goodbye mom and when he did he started to kind of tear up he got emotional about it and she turned and she waved and said thank you son love you and then she pushed her buggy on out the door. So he got up and he puts his ramen noodles and his stuff. And the cashier said, that's so sweet, that relationship. The cashier rang up his ramen noodles and his Mountain Dews. And she said, that'll be $235. He said, for ramen noodles and Mountain Dew? She said, oh, your mom said you were paying for hers too. When you pretend to be something or someone that you're not, you'll be left with a bill that is not yours to pay. It's about perspective. So today we're talking about mom. And sometimes mom has a little different perspective than we do. A lot of times mom's perspective is a little more right than ours, especially when we're teenagers. Malachi. Titus. I'm just naming some teenagers that I see in the room. Tristan. A lot of times when we grow up, we realize, hey, maybe I was just looking at that thing wrong. So I was thinking about my mom. She was pregnant for a decade. Seriously. Like I'm the oldest of 10 and those 10 kids were born within 12 years. So from 1982 to 1994, my mom was pregnant with almost no breaks. And it was all those kids, they, they had two awesome bookends, me and Canaan. And everybody else is in between, 1982, 1994. But when I thought about it and I was thinking about perspective, I'm thinking my memories, when I think back to childhood... See, because in 94, when Canaan was born, I was 12. So from zero to 12 years old, every memory I have of childhood, my mom was pregnant. Almost every memory, she was pregnant. And she was real pregnant with Journey and Benny. 
I mean, real pregnant, like in the bed, tired all the time, pregnant. But when I think back now, think about this. Canaan's my brother. He has the same parents. He grew up in the same house, or house is. We moved around a lot. Uh, house, we grew up in the same house, but to him, he's never seen mom pregnant. Never. Zero to 12 for Canaan, she was never pregnant. We're both brothers. We both grew up in the same house. And then I started thinking, man, just the difference in when I think back and he thinks back, you know what? To me, Nate and Levi, they were dudes that, you know, when they learned to join forces, would try to beat me up or or fight back. And I had to try to make them mind and control them. But to Canaan, those were people he had to run from. The torturers. Right? He had to look for, he had to run or, or tell somebody bigger, right? They were both, they were his brothers and they were my brothers. But it was completely different. There was a different relationship there, we'll say. Nate and Levi weren't all bad, just mostly. <laughs> just kidding. But it was weird just thinking about that, like just how different it was, even though we both had the same mom, same house. But it's different when we think back. I had to protect. I had to babysit. Canaan had to run or tattle. Why? Because he was a kid. There's nothing wrong with that. It should have been different. Canaan shouldn't have had the same responsibilities as me. Canaan shouldn't have had, like, he shouldn't have just been the babysitter in 94 when he was born. Like, we can all agree that's normal. I had more responsibilities, and I also had more privileges. I got to drive a car way before Canaan did. Twelve years before, more. I had authority. We can all agree on that, so why do we forget it's the same in the kingdom? Remember what Jesus said in Luke 12, 48? To whom much is given, much will be required. You want a lot, like we pray for a lot. God, give me influence. God, give me money. God, give me all these things. But to whom much is given, much is required. There's a lot more work that's involved. Uncle Ben's words of wisdom to Peter Parker were pretty much the same thing that Jesus said, just in a different way. With great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man. Same thing. We all want great power, but most of the time we don't want great responsibility. Well, why do I have to give so much? And and old so-and-so, they don't hardly give anything. why, Why do I have to be responsible for this? Or why do I have to work so much and they don't? And... And why do I give so much to the church and and they don't give anything? And I why did God tell me to bless the pastor and his family? Oh, I felt that. Why am I giving so much of my time, my talents, my treasures, and others give so little and God seems to love them just the same? See, maturity understands that the longer you've been in the family, 
or the more mature you are, the more you give. That's maturity. That's love. And we know we've talked about several times that in the kingdom and in the spirit, years don't equal maturity. You know, I mean, you can have somebody that's been sitting in the church for years and years, but they're not maturing in the spirit. They're not eating the spiritual food. They're not growing and maturing. So you can't just judge it by, well, the most spiritual person is the oldest person or the one that's been in the church the longest because in the spirit, it's not how it works. But we have to be maturing and growing. And if you've been in the, I had been in our family longer than Canaan. So more was expected of me when he came around in 94. And that's okay. Because the more mature you are, the more you give. So God is love. And we're supposed to be growing up to look more and more like our daddy. So we should be looking more and more like love. And the first thing that love does is give. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God, God gives. So do you look like your daddy? We want power. We want authority. Even Jesus said to the disciples, I'll give you power and authority. Like We talk about that and we want that. We know that the power is the Holy Spirit that works in you. The power is the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times we don't want to get under the authority because we've been hurt or we've been burned or we don't agree 100% with the authority that's been set in place or we... But think about this. What if there was, say, Christine goes into labor and her hospital, her hospital's in Douglasville and she needs to go get to that hospital as fast as possible. And so, say, we run outside and we look around and we put her in my truck and I jump in the truck and take off and jump on I-20 and get there between Bremen and Temple where it's 100 miles to the next exit and this wonderful construction that's been going on forever has the traffic just dead stopped. And you, don't, you might be sitting there for 40 minutes, you might be sitting there for an hour, and there's nowhere to go. My truck has enough power to get her to the hospital. Hopefully, hopefully it's got enough gas to get it. Maybe we should have jumped in Jesse's car. It would be a better story to make up here since I'm making it up. It has enough power to get there, but there's all kind of obstacles in the way and there's other cars and there's things that I cannot control so I can't get to where I need to get for the new life to come. But now imagine that somehow they find out or they got tipped off by someone around or we dialed 911 or however it happens that a policeman comes pulling up with his blue lights on, pulling down the side and he looks over and says, you need to get to the hospital and say, yes, she's, she's in labor. We need to get to the hospital. And he says, follow me and flips on the blue lights. If I turn the steering wheel and get in proper alignment with authority. I don't even have to look at the obstacles anymore. I don't even have to worry about consequences anymore. Nobody's going to write me a ticket or say anything because I'm in proper alignment with the authority. I can go as fast as he goes. He goes 100, I can go 100, and I won't get in trouble. And it's not even wrong. I don't even have to agree with everything that the policeman agrees with. 
He might be a dirty cop. Doesn't matter. He's the authority. So if I'll get in proper alignment behind that authority and follow Him, I don't have to focus on obstacles anymore. Well, what are you focusing on? The authority that you're following, that you have submitted yourself to. Just keep your eyes on the authority. What do you mean? Trust Him. That's one thing my mom taught me and showed me over the years was trust. Trust God. Well, what if you don't understand? Sometimes you still got to trust even if you don't understand what's going on or why. Or that you can always trust God. That's something that I've seen and, and learned from mom. Look at Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. This will be familiar. I know you've heard it. I've heard my mom quote this. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. (laughs) How am I supposed to do that? That's kind of hard. You know how you trust in the Lord with all your heart? It says it right there, next line. Lean not. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Because you're not going to always understand. Sometimes you just got to trust when you don't understand. That's part of trusting. If you understood all the time, that wouldn't really be, wow, yay, I'm glad you can trust when you understand and agree with everything. It's not hard to trust. When it's hard to trust God, I'm talking about trusting God. When it's hard to trust God is when you don't understand. That's when it's difficult. Lean not unto thy own understanding in all of thy ways. That word ways, that's a Hebrew word that means path, route, journey, or your way of life. How you live your life. David's talking about living your life in a way that says, I trust. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge uh, is, is also a Hebrew word, and it means to know, to recognize, or to understand. Understand Him. Know Him. Recognize Him. And we talked about that a little bit in worship. Like, God is everywhere. But it's learning to recognize Him. To see Him in ways that maybe we haven't considered. And what will happen? He shall direct thy paths. He'll get you where you need to go. He'll direct your path. Lean not unto your own understanding. Don't start going to what you think, but learn to trust Him. Acknowledge Him. See Him. Did you know you don't have to understand to trust? Did any of y'all's mom ever say, because I said so? When I was a kid, that aggravated me so bad. What? Why? Because I said so. (laughs) That's aggravating. Well, now that I'm an adult, you know what's aggravating? Little kids saying, why? 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 Because I said so. Why? No, you can't have that. Why? (laughs) Because I said so. You don't have to understand to trust. You figure out some things when you, when you grow up and become a parent. And you say, oh, huh, that's why they said that. Did your mom ever say, 
this is going to hurt you worse than it hurt. It's going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. Like when she was about to give you a spanking or something. Or is that just me? It's going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. I'm thinking, well, let me spank you so it'll hurt me worse. You want to try that? I didn't say it. I just told it to Levi so he could say it. (laughs) Apparently, spankings didn't hurt him because he never cried. (laughs) You could tell Favor she was getting spanked and she'd fall on the floor crying before she ever got hit. You could beat Levi for 30 minutes and he wouldn't even shed a tear. He'd say, we done and walk out. God bless my mother. I don't know what that had to do with it. What was I even talking? Oh, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Sorry about that. Moms hold a special place in our hearts. Would you let somebody hurt or insult your mom? No. Even even if you're mad at her, like even if you and your mom had just had an argument, if somebody ran up and started hurting her or insulting her, most people are going to defend their mama. Even It doesn't even matter if they're, they could be mad at her and they're still going to defend her. You're not going to let somebody insult her or hurt her. Have you ever heard any yo daddy jokes? Nope, I haven't. I've heard thousands of yo mama jokes. Why? Because people get mad when you start insulting mama. And that's the point of it is to make them mad. There's all kind of yo mama jokes. Jesse has to stop them all the time. Uh, last well, a couple weeks ago, Titus and Sky were going back and forth with some good ones, I might add. They were pretty funny. So finally, Jesse's like, I've had enough. I am both of your mother. So with y'all spitting back and forth these yo mama jokes while we watch TV, yeah, it's real funny, but that's... That's me. People say yo mama jokes because you get mad, right? You know what I'm talking about, yo mama jokes. It's like yo mama so, I can't say a lot of them because it may hit too close to home. Yo mama so fat, blah, blah, blah. Yo mama so stupid or your mama so old or yo mama so dumb. There's all different ones, Right? Sky's got some really good ones. They, I guess they're, he's young enough to where a lot of the ones that Titus and Malachi heard, I had heard too. But now there's enough age gap where they're getting new ones. I'm hearing some of the ones from the 9 and 10-year-olds like, hey, that's pretty good. Not bad. Uh, was one that he said, uh, your mama's so ugly she try to join the ugly contest at the fair and they said, sorry, no professionals. <laughs> or, your mama's so ugly I dropped her off at the haunted house and she came out with a check. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty funny. But then I noticed at the baseball game when Sky and his buddies, they're supposed to be warming up and they're sitting there saying, yo, mama jokes back and forth to each other. Well, after a little bit, you get kind of numb. He's already insulted my mama so many times, it's not really aggravating him anymore. And that's the point, is when you say it, you're supposed to get mad because he's insulting my mom. And So then they kind of turn it. They turn insulting to you. So this one kid yells across there and said, hey, I heard your mom got a ticket for littering this morning after she dropped you off at the school. 
say, whoa, now they're not insulting mamas anymore. Now they're just insulting each other. That's what happens. You start getting numb. So then you try to, hey, say something nice. Well, now they don't even know how to be nice. You know what they think when you say, say something nice? Oh, your mama's so nice, she'd give the hair off her back to anybody in need. But that's not what... <laughs> your mama's the best tree climber I've ever seen in my life. The problem is she climbed the ugly tree, and when she slipped and fell, she hit every limb on the way back to the ground. Like, it starts with a compliment, but then it... Hmm. You know what my mom say? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And guess what? You can say something nice, by the way. Oh, I guess I'll just never talk again. No, you can say something nice. <laughs> you really can. You can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But no one can deny the mother's love. Mothers love their children. It's crazy. A lot of times a mother's love is irrational. It makes no sense. They will love a child to death. Where other people can look at a mom's love for their kid and say, Why she still love him? He's an idiot. I, I mean, a mother's love is that strong. That she loves her kids. God placed that in mothers. And why do you think the kids get so defensive when somebody insults or picks on their mama? You ever heard stories about a mom lifting up a whole entire car because her kid was crushed under it? Heard like some crazy stories about a mother's love. Look at Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, 14. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Zion's crying out, God, you forgot me. The Lord hath forsaken me. God forgot about me. Why? Because they were in a bad place. They had a lot of persecution going on. They were Things weren't working out like they thought. They had a lot going on. Look at verse 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? The answer is no. He said, can a mom forget her baby? No. What is God doing through the prophet Isaiah? He's comparing himself to a mother's love. Because that's one of the, or maybe the strongest love that we as humans would know. He said, hey... You're asking, have I forgotten you? Can a mother forget her baby? Could a mother forget the infant? Yay, they may forget. He said, okay, fine. Even if a mother does forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven or engraved thee upon, my, upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. That word graven or engraved 
It says, I have graven you, or I have engraved you on my hands. We say, oh, like a, it's like a tattoo. That God has tattooed you on his hands. In ancient times, a slave would often have their master's name tattooed on their hand. So that if they tried to run away, or if anybody questioned who they were, or if they went to go pick up some seed or something for him that they could show their hand and show that who their master was but never never would a master have a slave's name tattooed on his hand because that would mean the master was devoted to the slave and so I was thinking about that and and reading this and saying wow what a cool picture of of God's love for us that that God would have our names engraved on him but if you do a search of that word, it's a specific Hebrew word, engraved. And it means to engrave with a hammer and a chisel or a spike. Like you would chisel out something of stone with a hammer, a chisel, or a spike. Well, that's unheard of. Because who would let somebody take a hammer and a spike and drive it through their palms or their wrists to show that they love somebody? Huh. Isaiah's prophesying about how God would send His Son, Jesus, hundreds of years later, and God would send His Son, Jesus, to have a hammer and a spike driven through His hands. For what? To prove His love. Because what is love if you don't give? What is love if there's no proof? Remember when Jesus came back and, and Thomas said, I can't believe it until you show me. I don't, I don't believe it until you show me the scars. And Jesus went over there and showed him the scars where we were engraved on his hands. The act of love. God loves you more than your mama. He proved it with Jesus. Did you know you can give without loving? But you can't love without giving. Try it. You cannot love without giving. It's the first response of real love. Mamas, I know you love your kids. But God loves your kids more than you do. That should be some comfort. You love your kids and that's good, but God loves them even more than you. And when you can't be with them, He's with them. And when you can't protect them, He can. He knew them first. God knew your kid before you knew your kid. He has a plan and a purpose. But you got to let him work. Don't get in his way. Look at Matthew 2020. 2020, we're going to get some, some vision on something real quick. And then we're going to close. Matthew 2020. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. 
she came worshiping Jesus. She was looking for something. She came to ask Jesus something. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? What do you want? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and he said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? Now, Jesus had just got done telling them a few verses before about the cross and the crucifixion and that he's going to die and that he's going to go to the cross and he's going to save all of mankind. And then mama shows up dragging the two boys asking, you know, can, can James and John sit on your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus is like, can they do what I have to do? Can they drink the cup? Because Jesus got, just got done telling them about his purpose, what he was here for. Can, can they drink the cup? Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, Oh, we are able. These are some geniuses. No, you're not. You weren't even able to come ask him. Your mama asked him for you. Your mama drug y'all big babies up there and asked him. You didn't, you're able to drink the cup that Jesus is going to drink? We are able. And he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup, my purpose. And he baptized and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Mamas, are you dragging your grown children into situations that they can't handle? They couldn't handle it. Them boys couldn't drink the cup. You know, there's a difference in mothering and manipulation. That's all. I mean, we think of witchcraft as like <laughs> stirring potion, but witchcraft is just trying to get somebody else to do what you want them to do. Manipulate them into doing what you think they should do. That's witchcraft. So here's a word. Stop trying to drag adult children into what you think is their destiny. That's on them. That should be between them and, and Jesus. They can't handle what you would drag them into. And their place in ministry, their destiny, their purpose, their place in the kingdom, that's between them and Jesus, not you and Jesus. Speak life over them. Pray over them. Support them. And stop trying to make it look like you think it should look. Jesus was focused on purpose. And mama and the man children that she drug up there with her, they were focused on position. Big difference. Jesus was focused on the cup, on the purpose. They were focused on position.
where they would sit. Moms, I encourage you today to pray for the cup that they will drink, not the seat where they will sit. In praying for your children, pray for the cup that they'll drink because the seat doesn't matter. If they're drinking the cup that they're called to drink, what does it matter where the seat is? What does it matter where they're sitting? Be it poor or rich or here or in Africa. Pray for the cup that they will drink, not the seat where they will sit. Chase purpose and not passion, not position. God cares more than you. You know what? Moms, don't forget that you're daughters as well. So all this that I'm talking about, how God loves the children more than you, and He loves you more than your mama too. It's easy to get in that one train of thinking like, well, I'm a mama, so everything he's saying to the mamas is to me. But guess what? You're also a child. You're a child of your natural earthly mother, but you're his child too. So everything I'm saying about the children is also for you too. He loves you more than your mama loved you. And he's got a cup for you to drink too. He cares about the mamas. And the kids, because we're all his kids. Look at Psalms 56, and we're going to close. Psalms 56. David was in a rough spot. Seemed like David was always, a lot of of David's life, he was in a rough spot. But he found a way to praise. He was a champion. So David's in kind of a rough spot, and... Look what he says. I turned to the wrong place. Okay. Psalm 56, 8. Thou tellest, or thou know, my wanderings. David said, every time I've wandered, every time I've gone off track, you know, you know, you see it. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Wait a second. Tears are in a bottle? God keeps a bottle with all my tears in it? That's kind of weird. Why would God have a bottle of tears? Because he's crazy about you. When you cry, he cries. When you laugh, he laughs. Because you're his kid. Remember when Lazarus died? And, and right before Jesus raised him from the dead, Jesus knew he was coming to raise him from the dead. And, and when the sisters ran out and Mary and Martha, and they'd said, he's dead. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And, and they were so upset that their brother was gone and their brother was dead. And then we get the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus broke down and cried. Have you ever thought about that? What? Why? He knew he was about to raise him from the dead. Did he not believe? Did Jesus not have faith? Why would he break down and cry with those women? Because even though he can see how it will be fixed in the future, he feels your pain right now. He feels what you feel. 
Yeah, God will work all things together for good in the future, but right now we're, we're stuck on a timeline. And even though He will work it all together for good, some of us are stuck here now. Because we're on a timeline. He feels your pain right now. He cries with you. He'll work it all together for good. But you need to know that He feels your pain. You need to know that. As a kid, as His son or daughter, He feels your pain. Look what else it says. Are they not in that book? Are they not in your book, God? What's David saying? Do you see my pain? Hey, are you recording it? Hey, are they not in your book? Is my pain going to be a part of your story? Are you writing them down in your book, God? God says, yeah. Verse 9. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know. For God is for me. God is for you. In God will I praise His Word. In the Lord will I praise His Word. What's David doing? He's making a decision to praise. To trust. In the midst of a hard time. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me. Oh God, I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from failing? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. I will praise him through the tears. I know that he cares. And he has a purpose. I'll choose to honor my mother. Because proper alignment will get me places that power alone never could. That's the one commandment with promise. Honor thy father and mother and you'll live a long time. God, we trust you. And we lean not to our own understanding. God, thank you for our moms. God, thank you for the role that they've played in our lives. No matter how big or small that role has been for different ones of us in the room and listening to, to this message, whether it be a big part or a small part that they played, we're here because of them. They made sacrifices, so today we honor our mothers, and I thank you for the role that my mom has played in my life. Thank you for the role that my wife plays in mothering my children and for all the mothers in this house. What a picture of God's love for us. God, help us to recognize you when we see a mom loving their child well. Let it remind us of you. And how much you love us as kids. God, help us to support and pray for and 
and lead our children to you, but not drag them into situations that they can't handle. God, help us to pray for the cup that they will drink and not the seat where they will sit. I thank you that you're a good father and that you teach us and guide us. We love you. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.